0: This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by the Engineering Management Institute, where we focus on helping engineers and technical professionals become effective managers and powerful leaders. Welcome to episode 181 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, a licensed professional engineer turned executive coach and author of the book, Engineer Your Own Success. I now help engineers become more effective managers and powerful leaders through content, coaching, and training through the Engineering Management Institute. And in this episode, you are going to hear me coach an engineer who is totally burnt out in his career, but by the end of the episode, he's inspired and he has a plan. I believe that to be successful as an engineering or technical professional, we must consistently improve our soft skills, interpersonal skills, and management skills, and that's exactly what this show is aimed at helping you do. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can find what you're passionate about in your career. You're about to be a fly on the wall in the middle of this one-on-one coaching session, but before we go there, I do want to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, by reminding you to stick around until later on in this podcast episode for my essential career advancement tips. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical advice and the best resources for your license or exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. Thanks to PPI. You won't want to miss it. I also want to let you know that we have a professional membership at the Engineering Management Institute. That's right. We have an online community where you can join. And you get access to our private forum online where we talk about managerial topics for engineers. We do engineering management videos, one-minute videos that give you tips on how to be a better manager. And we do monthly interactive webinars that our members love. In fact, in August, on August 21st, we're going to be doing a free session and you're invited to come called Building the Confidence You Need to Be a Successful Engineering Manager. To register, simply go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, click on Upcoming Webinar, just click the Register button next to the webinar for this complimentary webinar. That's August 21st, 2018. All right, so to bring us into this one-on-one coaching conversation, I'm going to give you a quote from Harper Reed, and you'll see why I give you this quote as soon as you hear the conversation. And the quote is as follows. The opportunity to step away from everything and take a break is something that shouldn't be squandered. Now it's time for the main segment of our episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Burning out in your career or avoiding burnout. And, you know, maybe work-life balance might come into this. I have with me on this episode a listener who's experienced this issue and we want to talk through it together here. JP, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. So,
0: JP, just to kind of give everyone a little bit of an idea of your experience level and you know how long you've been practicing, tell us a little bit about
1: yourself. I'm a mechanical engineer. I've been working in the sustainability field for about seven years now, and uh, just been doing different things uh, with uh, like sort of energy modeling, site visits, pretty much uh, the basics for uh, my career.
0: Okay, so you reached out to me, JP, because you had an experience with a company, your last company, where you felt like you were really burnt out after you were finished working for that company, and you have some, a new job, but there may be some similar challenges, so you just wanted to kind of talk through that a little bit so firstly why don't you talk a little bit about the last experience and how it made you feel burned out maybe
1: it was actually a great job it's normal work nine to five it was good but doing the same thing year in and year out kind of just felt like I wasn't moving anywhere and I I was kind of stuck so then it was led me to question myself a lot like am I doing the right thing am I at where I want to be at in life and then just you know repeatedly doing that over and over again it kind of felt like there was no escape to it and then eventually i started feeling more burnt out than i was being a help to the company
0: what i'm hearing from you there is you felt a little bit like you were on what i like to call the career hamster wheel where it's kind of like you're running and running and running and the wheels going in circles but you're not necessarily moving forward or going moving up or advancing does that sound right All right. So you were doing that. It was a good job. You did it for some time. It was a good job, I'm assuming, in that you had some good experience. It was just you weren't really moving forward. And so it's interesting because it doesn't sound like you were working like a tremendous amount of overtime. It was just the fact that you weren't seeing progress in your career that really attributed to the burnout. Is that true?
1: Yes. We only worked overtime towards the middle of April. But besides that, it was very fair time there. It wasn't too tasking on the body, but it was just mentally tasking, seeing no progress.
0: Right. And I think this is a good point to kind of emphasize for a minute here is I think a lot of times people would attribute burnout to working too many hours. And it's obvious that that's not the only way that you can burn out. You can burn out mentally if you're doing something over and over and you're not seeing any kind of different results. And so that's something to think about when you're going through your career. And if you're not seeing that progress, and in fact, I just talked to an engineer yesterday who contacted me through our website for some coaching and guidance because he feels the same way and that he hasn't progressed in his career over a certain period of years. And he knows he's at a point where he either has to make a change or he may be in the same situation for many years to come, which wouldn't bode well for his career overall. Did you make the change to a different company because of this situation?
1: No, the first change that I did was go after I went after my fundamentals of engineering exam and then uh, I passed that. And after I saw that I could do it, I went after my professional engineering exam. That was the change that I needed to first believe in myself and to know that I could do it. And then the second change was moving in a direction where I had to sort of fulfill my curiosity to see if I was cut out for this or if I could uh, go into a different realm. I guess a field, a different field of work. So then I tried that or I felt like my old job was like a stepping stool to the new platform of job because I'm working in energy. There's levels to it. You could either be at the bottom level or you could go to the very difficult level of uh, energy engineering and figure out how things work. And I went into that very difficult level, but I still feel like I am not accomplishing, I guess, my set life goals, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, sure. So that makes sense. So basically, you were in this job a little bit like a hamster wheel. You were going in circles. You weren't making a lot of progress. You decided to do a great thing, in my opinion, is whenever you're in a position like that, that's stagnant, spend some time developing yourself so that you can have other opportunities. And you did that by getting your engineering license, ultimately, which is a great job. And then you decided once you did that, you had what you needed to take the next step and find another job that may be at a higher level to try to hopefully avoid this idea of burnout and not progressing any further. So you did that and you still don't feel like this job is helping you to achieve your life goals. So let's talk about that for a minute here. What are those life goals? Can you share some of those with us so we could try to connect the dots a bit?
1: Most engineers, we go into engineering trying to change the world for the better. But then we kind of get it stuck into uh, the normal engineering job, which I don't mean to talk it down, but we get it stuck into like the corporate side of engineering, where it's not really life changing, but just financially beneficial for some. So then you kind of don't really see exactly the reward you're reaping for the hard labor you put towards it. You know, like you don't feel like you're changing the world enough with what you're doing. Sure.
0: So I think what JP's describing a bit is there's a possibility as an engineer that you come into your career really fired up and excited about the fact that as an engineer, you have the ability to impact the lives of many people and improve the lives of many people, regardless of what discipline and engineering you're in, because engineers usually work on things that can help people in all different fields. But if you get into a large corporation, then you may be working on large projects that are so big that you kind of get stuck in some of the details of those projects and you don't necessarily get to see the results of those projects because they're so large. Not to say that they're not necessarily long-term overall providing benefits to society, but it may be harder to see them than if you were working in a different realm, a smaller company, a different type of project, different location. Is that about accurate, JP?
1: Yes. What I'm trying to illustrate is like when I think of engineering, like I think of going to different places, building homes or building cities that are like futuristic cities, you know, but it seems like the world is stuck in a certain standard of not really mediocrity or not being mediocre, but not striving just enough to satisfactory instead of shooting for like out of this world design and engineering. That's what I meant. Like, we're stuck at a, a mediocre level with our design and the way the, the world is moving and it's not progressing to the standards that we were had as kids, you know? Like, we used to envision, like, the world's going to be with flying cars or we're going to be living in, like, the Jetsons, you know, by the time you're an engineer. And then you end up, you're like, no, we're, we're still in, like, the Flintstone age, you know?
0: It sounds to me like your jobs to date the roles that you've played in your career as an engineer haven't necessarily lined up with what your expectations of engineering would be like in terms of seeing a more futuristic city and being involved in a more futuristic city and transportation and those different types of things. That's what it's sounding like. Right. All right. So, I mean, I do think that on many levels, technology has advanced and, you know, we're in the midst of driverless cars beginning and other things of that nature. Solar, obviously, and these different energy models have been around and they continue to advance. The question Mm -hmm. is, is do you think that there's a possibility that maybe you're just not in that type of field or you haven't found the right job for you yet? Or do you think that the industry as a whole is just not there yet?
1: I think the industry as a whole is just not there yet. Maybe I become used to playing it safe with the standards and I think I have an inner war within myself to say maybe it's okay to challenge the standards and push for something greater instead of being comfortable with what's going on.
0: Right. So let's talk about that because usually a lot of times that's big conflict for people in general in that there is always opportunities out there to do things that you want to do that to do to make a bigger impact maybe than you're making or to work on maybe different types of projects. That being said, there's also probably a risk that's associated with taking those kinds of leaps. So, do you think that if you thought it through, started looking, do you think that there are opportunities out there that are closer to your definition of engineering? Maybe not exact, but closer.
1: I'm not too sure, actually. But see, here's the thing I ask myself this question every day Do you sacrifice comfort for the unknown? Or do you stay with the known and try to build the unknown?
0: No, I know exactly what you're saying. And what comes to mind immediately when you say that is Elon Musk with his space adventures and everything that he's doing in terms of trying to bring people to Mars and do different things. It does make you think that what he's doing to me would sound a little bit more along the lines of what you're saying in terms of real engineering and really pushing the envelope in terms of what the capabilities are of the human race and where we're going. But it's certainly not something that is a safe thing. Now, in his case, it's not a great analogy because he's someone who has an awful lot of money. So he's able to make these investments with probably less risk. But there's still a decent amount of risk when you're building spaceships and sending them to space, hoping that it's going to eventually pan out to something. I think the answer to your question is... There isn't an easy answer. I mean, I think there is always a a decision that needs to be made. And how far do you want to push the envelope and how uncomfortable do you want to be in terms of the next step in your career? So then we get back to the question of burnout, which is the whole reason that we started to talk. Right. So this is an interesting conversation here because you bring up a good point in that when you want to strive for higher levels, you need to probably push the envelope and you need to take risks that aren't necessarily comfortable. And the risk is potential failure and maybe a setback in your career. But if you're successful, the opportunity can be tremendous. But then again, more stress and potential burnout can come along with these new opportunities. So you bring about a very interesting question. And I don't know know, who knows if we can solve it on this call or not. But I guess the main thing that I want to focus on right now is your situation and thinking about your current position or what are your alternatives right now? I mean, if you stay in your current position versus deciding to possibly look for something else, what would those couple of alternatives look like
1: for you? I like my position, but I do feel like if I stay, it would eventually end to to no avail. You know what I mean? Like I'll do the work. I probably won't be happy, but the work will get done. and
0: It won't be fulfilling.
1: Yeah, it won't be as prosperous as I would imagine for my life.
0: So JP, we're dealing obviously with a pretty big issue here in terms of where the world is at in terms of engineering and how far we're pushing things and the opportunities for engineers that are available, which I think is a pretty global, pretty big challenge that most likely won't be solved in this podcast episode. But what I do want to get back to a little bit is your situation. And you said that you're in this second job, we'll call it, of the two that we've talked about now. And it seems to be similar. And that it's not really meeting your expectations of engineering. It's not necessarily pushing the envelope as far as you think we can push ourselves as engineers. And it's getting into that potential range of that hamster wheel again, where you're doing something over and over and you're not seeing a lot of progress. And while the money's good, and in that regard, it's comfortable, it's kind of taking a little bit of a mental toll on you because you feel like it's just not very productive and it's, you could be doing potentially more. All that being said, there's obviously two options here. You can continue to do your job and continue to go in that direction, or you can investigate the possibility of making a change and making a change into an area that would help you to feel like you're doing more of the engineering that you've envisioned you were going to be doing and pushing the envelope in places that we hope we can push the envelope as engineers. So let's talk about those couple of options a little bit to help you try to brainstorm on what might be some real options for you. So firstly, let's talk about staying in your current position. If you were to do that, what do you foresee might happen to you going forward?
1: I'm probably becoming head of the department that I work in. I could definitely reach that goal. Uh, maybe even once committed to something, I'm fully committed, then I'm, I'm all in. So I don't see that as a problem. It's really, do I let the kid engineer me die and just like, you know, grow out of that dreaming phase or do I keep dreaming?
0: If you commit to this job, you can be very successful in this position. The question is, if you do that and if you find that success and you become a department manager, is that necessarily going to make this dream that you have inside of you to work on something, I'll just call it bigger, is it going to make it go away? And if it doesn't, then you're faced with the same challenge that you're at right now and it might take you a few more years to figure that out. Right. Right. So the alternative would be to try to find something else that would help you to align better with this kid, so to speak, inside of you that has this dream to do a special kind of engineering or the engineering that you have expectations around in terms of really moving the planet forward in different ways. And so if you embarked upon a search for something like that, how would you even start?
1: Sometimes I think I would have to go to like one of the, Countries where everyone's living, not to talk bad about anyone or any countries, like, you know, find a place where the living standard is very, like, low than what is recommended. Like, say, like a shanty town and help recultivate it and redesign it so that people live in a healthier standard and healthier buildings. Like, instead of giving them a shed to live in, you know, figure out what's sustainably possible that we can build that would be structurally sound um cost efficient and uh just be able to survive time, you know, and that could uh, use the minimal amount of power. You know, that's how I see it. Like, what could I do to change a very bad slum and make it to a place where people could live and then envision themselves living better?
0: In other words, going to a third world country potentially and helping upgrade a water system or a town or making it more livable and, and possibly preventing people from dying because they don't have the everyday necessities that maybe we might have today where we are. That's very powerful. So let me give you this scenario. Let's just say that you won the career lottery. You had an unlimited amount of money, so money wasn't an issue, but you still had to have a job every day in the engineering field and you could basically go wherever you wanted to. Obviously, you'd have to think about this more deeply than an immediate question, but what would be some of the first things that came to mind if that opportunity was available to you?
1: Probably like rebuilding slums all over the world, redesigning uh, livable spaces, Instead of having just a town there, have a town that you can grow food and eat from within the town. Whatever's grown there, you can eat it. You know, like it's a edible town, I guess. Instead of just having, you know, a bushel, you have like a, a apple tree or a strawberry patch. Where it made sense to grow what you eat instead of just growing something that looks nice. It would be a whole ecosystem. You know, like you walk there you grow your food there, you cultivate your food, you would take whatever waste and and I don't want to say permaculture out. You would build uh, those bins where you throw in uh, like banana pills and and turn it into food for the plant. And then it'd be a very sustainable town where it did not need outside energy or outside resources to have it survive or to survive.
0: All right, well, listen, I can tell you right now, J p based on the last couple of answers that you gave me, it's very clear that the kid inside of you that you talked about is very passionate about sustainability, about helping people that don't have everyday resources that they need to survive, and that's what you need to go do. I mean, I don't even think after hearing you talk about that and hearing about Kind of the passion you have for that. I don't even think that staying with your company is a real good, viable, long term option for you because it, you're not going to be happy there. And so the reason that you're feeling burned out is because there's something inside you that wants to be doing something, but then all these other external circumstances are just keeping you in the situation that you're in. So you have this constant struggle. I honestly believe that you need to move towards that answer that you just gave me, however you can, to make for you to be happy. And I actually just happened to finish a book called Zen and the Art of Happiness, which was a really good book. And what he talked about in the book that was interesting is it's not necessarily the events or situations or money or material things that make us happy. It's the events in our life and the way we respond to them. And so that's where the happiness comes from. And it's pretty evident here that the happiness that you're seeking Is the ability to be able to work on these kinds of projects and have this kind of impact on the world on a daily basis. And all the other things are not that important to you. That's something that is very valuable to figure out in your career and in your life. And I would venture to say that most people never figure that out.
1: Right. Like it's been a goal of mine for a while, but throughout just working, you kind of push it to the side because you do what's needed to be done. And the funny thing is, I work for a sustainable uh, company. You know, we consult on how to. People are supposed to design like green, efficient buildings, you know, following the lead standard. But the thing is, it's like the surface stuff. It feels very surface to me.
0: You feel like you need to be deeper into it and doing something with a little more meaning and something that and sometimes you just need to see the results. So what you're saying is if you go somewhere like a third world country and you're living there and you're working there and you're building something with your hands and helping people, it's much more meaningful to you because you're a part of it and you see it happening. Whereas in Maybe in the company you're working for, which I'm assuming right now, but maybe your things might happen, but they're not at the level where you're that deep into it, where you can connect with it the way that you really want to connect with it. That could be one of the challenges.
1: Right. It feels like actually we're making change, but it feels very like minuscule and it may not even be minuscule. It's just to me, I felt like it needs to be. Not just changing a town, but like the mindset of the people so they know they could do this also. Like they don't need us to do it, but we could show them how to do it. And then they could go from there and take it forward to somewhere else.
0: What I would say to you, the recommendation that I would make to you, JP, because I know that it's a big step for you to make a change like this in your career and your life. I mean, obviously it's a massive lifestyle change, but if you want an intermediary step, there's organizations out there like Engineers Without Borders, and there's another organization that we actually interviewed someone on our, one of our civil engineering podcasts, which I can share with you and link to for the listeners of this episode. It's called Wine to Water, which is basically, it was started by a gentleman who was a bartender, but he wanted to do something more, and he wanted to help the world. And so there's a story about how the whole thing evolved, and now he has this organization, this nonprofit, where they travel the countries, and they install new water systems, and it's very moving and the person that we interviewed was involved in one of the cities and the story was really impressive. But I would recommend that immediately you join one of these organizations and you volunteer for one of their projects. It's something that you do in addition to your regular job. These are like kind of like side projects. So you can feel all this out. And my thought right now, just from talking to you, is you're probably going to absolutely love it and it will open doors for you to get involved with it more on a full-time basis and maybe even Get involved with one of those organizations as someone who works for the organization as opposed to one of the volunteers. But I feel like it could be a good intermediary for you while you try to work through this and figure this out. Or, of course, if you talk to them and it's something you feel like doing full board, there might be opportunities for that right away. But that's why it's important to talk through things with people. And talking with you, it sounds like you're meant to be out there doing things, meeting people, helping people, hands-on building these infrastructures and sustainable cities that are going to globally have a global impact across the planet. That's my take on it. I hope it's helpful for you. You have a very special passion for this kind of work. You just haven't been able to fully engage in it yet. And I think that's where the burnout is stemming from because of that inner struggle. Does that sound like it makes sense to you?
1: Yes, it does.
0: Are you open to looking into some of these opportunities?
1: I'm definitely open to it. So I've looked into it and I uh, went to Haiti for a mission trip and it kind of was eye opener and it kind of fueled my passion. That kind of changed my uh, thinking of life and thinking of how things should be done. A funny thing is I bought your book when I was buying the review material for my PE license, Engineer Your Own Success. So I haven't gotten through and I'm actually waiting for my results for my PE exam. Like, yeah, man, I'm just excited because I've been feeling this way for a long time. So I actually have a few questions for you, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Did you ever feel stuck or did you ever like, what's your background?
0: My background is in civil engineering. I made a massive career change in that instead of doing engineering, I decided to do coaching and training for engineers. And in the beginning, I did feel stuck. I mean, I, wasn't, I had, was similar to you in that I liked engineering a lot in the position that I was in but I felt a deeper passion for wanting to help and coach engineers to be better and to do the stuff like we're talking about right now and helping you. And so I did take a leap of faith to do that. And over the years, I never was able to fully commit to it. I had other responsibilities. I worked for a nonprofit for several years. But then in February of just this year, 2018, I decided that I was going to put all my efforts into it full time as of February 1st. And I've created some new programs and just been head down running ever since. And I got to tell you, it was a big risk. I was very nervous, but ever since it's been phenomenal and I've enjoyed it. I feel more connected to my career than ever. And we've had a lot of success helping engineers to become better managers and leaders. I had fears, but I knew ultimately this is what I wanted to do. and I also knew that I was really good at it and I just had to keep pushing myself on those things and surround myself with people to help push me. And once I took the leap, I felt confident and I felt like I can do it. And then I've just been running ever since.
1: That's awesome. I think that's like, you know, what I need to do too. Like need to follow your example because like I just randomly one day was on LinkedIn and I saw you and I was like, huh. So I started listening and then you had a lot of good people on there. So I was like, let me just shoot you an email because I was finally on the brink of, am I going to do it or not? And, you know, just but like finding people like you actually helped a lot of examples of engineers switching engineering they want. It's usually, you know, a guy worked, 20 years doing the same thing. And then, you know, you talk to them. They're like, yeah, I could have done something else, but it was good money. Which leads me to question number two, which I saw you chased your passion slash freedom over money. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: I mean, basically, the engineering career coach was the original name of the company. And we've been doing that for many years. And all the content that we put out primarily has been free. And I never really made any money on the site or anything, but I kept it going. And like I said, I had other jobs with a nonprofit and other side jobs to keep that going. And then finally, I just decided to go full in on it, which was also financially risky. I feel like finally I'm at the point where I'm starting to make money now and can live off of this, which is great. But again, that never happened until I fully committed to it. So, it wasn't like I was making the money and that made me want to do it. I did it because I was super passionate about it. And then the good stuff kind of followed later on.
1: Okay. And then I, oh, last question. You're a mentor, correct?
0: Yeah. I consider myself a coach, mentor, trainer.
1: I've been in the field for about seven years, but like for the next future engineers, like, do you offer mentorship for them? Because I feel like for me, I want to pre warn all the engineers that are coming hey, look, chase your passion. The money is good, but you should chase your passion from the beginning instead of, you know, losing yourself for a couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm open to helping anyone that needs guidance and assistance in their careers. The challenging part for me is because I'm only one person. I can't have a lot of one-on-one conversations with people because there's just not enough time. That's the reason I do the podcast, quite frankly. Through iTunes, I can reach thousands and thousands of engineers and we have we've had millions of downloads. And so the reasons that I, when someone like you emails me and says, I have questions for you, Anthony, and I say, let's do it on the podcast because other people can listen to this and be benefited by it. Now we've created an episode and this is a resource that you can share with people. I can share with people. People will find on our website that will hopefully help many engineers to think differently about their careers going forward. I love to help as many people as I can. And the ways that I try to do it usually are through content. Because it just allows me to reach the maximum amount of engineers possible as being one person. JP, thank you for spending some time with us. I hope this was helpful for you. I think it's very clear in what path that you need to go in your career. And I think it sounds like you're excited about it and you're ready to take the next steps.
1: And I just wanted to say I appreciate you and I listen to you a lot while I'm at work. So keep up the good work.
0: Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And for those of you listening, hang around. I'm going to come back with the Take Action Today segment where I could talk a little bit more about this and about helping you identify what you might be passionate about in your career. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And this is the part of the show which is very simple. I'll try to give you something you could take action on immediately that revolves around the theme of this show just to keep you moving into forward the action. But before I do that, and I am going to give you some tips on how to find your passion in your career, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Engineering Career Advancement starts with licensure. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam, including me, and they've helped millions of engineers to become leaders in their fields. Best of all, they have new digital options for exam review that make preparing easier and more exam-like than ever. Visit ppi2pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's ppi2pass.com. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code Tech. 8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TECH8. T E C C stands for the engineering career coach and the number 8. All right, so in today's Take Action Today segment, I want you to think about how to find what you're really passionate about, right? That's kind of what I was talking to JP about throughout this episode it was obvious what he was passionate about, but he has some reservations about taking the step to get there for whatever the reasons may be. But for you, that doesn't matter. What matters for you is what are you passionate about? Is there something lacking in your career? If there is, then you can try to make it more exciting by invigorating that passion. So how can you recognize that? It's not that difficult. Take a look at everything you do in your career, right? This is high-tech, high-tech tools here, a blank piece of paper and a pen or a blank Word document on the computer. And type or write the things that you really enjoy about your job. And then type or write the things that you don't. So like for me, I absolutely love doing the podcasting part of the Engineering Management Institute. I really, really love it. I also love doing the training. I love getting on the live calls for Engineering Management Accelerator workshops and interacting with engineers and helping them. I'm not so crazy about all the administrative tasks that go in between and delivering the program. And so that's where our team here comes in. They're good at that. They like to do that. And they're not going to be the ones getting on and doing the training. But the only way for you to kind of move in the direction of doing more what you're passionate about is to identify it. And if you're having trouble doing this, find leaders in your company that are passionate, that is obvious that they're passionate, and talk to them. You can also listen to episodes of the podcast where they're passionate leaders on the episodes. And in fact, I'm going to just put a plug in here for our other podcast, the Civil Engineering Podcast, where I've recently been doing a lot of on-site episodes where I go and I interview CEOs. And I'm going to refer you just quickly to a couple of episodes over there if you want to hear people that are really super passionate about what they do. We had Nick DiNicolo, episode 89 of the Civil Engineering Podcast. You can Google that or just go to civilengineeringpodcast.com. Just talking about, it doesn't matter if you're a civil engineer or not, he was just talking about how important it is to invest and become friendly with and just appreciate the people you work with. But it was so natural that he was passionate about that. It was amazing. And the other one that I'll give you that we just published recently is episode 92 on the Civil Engineering Podcast with Isan Yumi from t and Associates talking about business development and sales for engineers. And it's something that he does great. He sells, he's growing their company. These are two people that were so passionate. If you want to hear what passion is, just listen to them. And of course, you can also talk to someone in your own firm, as I said, that's passionate and try to gauge what that passion looks like. And I hope you found this episode helpful because if there's anything off in your career in terms of the way you feel, you're not that passionate, you got to turn it around because it's so important that you get focused and you get passionate. It's going to change your career and change your life. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. I want to remind you that in the month of August, Around a membership drive we're doing for our Engineering Management Institute community with our professional membership, we're offering a completely free webinar, interactive live webinar with me, August 21st. It's called How to Build the Confidence You Need to Become a Successful Engineering Manager. And you can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, click Upcoming Webinar on the top of the website, and you'll be able to register right there. Super excited about this one. I hope you'll take advantage of it. If you have any comments or questions around this episode, just go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, click on our content page, and look for episode 181 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. And until then, I hope that you continue to build the career you want to build and you continue to engineer your own success. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.